and welcome to episode 11 of The Brand Lounge, a place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, and I'm a personal brand coach and designer where I help small businesses to define their brand, align their marketing channels, and achieve their version of success. Today, I am joined by the delightful Kaylee Meadows, founder of Koala Marketing, which is a green and ethical design and marketing agency. And we're going to be talking about how to be environmentally sustainable as a small business. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kaylee. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Much awesome appreciated. you here. <laughs> so cool, cool, cool. And anyone who is listening will be talking a lot more in depth around Kaylee's business journey and brand story on Thursday. But today, kicking it off, I suppose the best place to start is to introduce the topic. So how would you define environmentally environmental sustainability in a business context? So for me, I think it sort of starts... I think especially for us as small business owners, it definitely starts with your own personal uh, values. So I think for me, it started with um, thinking about how individually as a person, I can be more sustainable. So um, being meat free. So um, I haven't eaten meat for three and a half, nearly four years. Um, I'm big on... Um, looking at the most sustainable approaches to, so my house is an eco house. We've got solar panels. I try and even before lockdown, I tried to limit the amount of travel that I had to client offices and things like that. Did a lot of virtual meetings. Um, Yes, we've got solar panels. It's built on um, some land that's uh, conservation land. So there's lots of wildlife around. Uh, So we've got deers and foxes and lots of lovely, (laughs) gorgeous creatures. Sometimes I'm so lucky, actually, I get to look out my office window and see just wildlife just there doing its thing. Mm. Um, (laughs) We've got badgers a lot. Um, So that's quite lovely. Um, But yeah, so I think for me, it just sort of started with making those values a core part of my business mm-hmm. um and um a lot of that as well is uh, buying locally supporting small businesses and then using koala as a bit of a platform to kind of educate people so uh what's going on with the you know the latest on um, environmental awareness and um you know charitable you know charities that you can support that support that vision um and yeah just kind of being a, a obviously as well as a marketer also thinking about um helping other people where they can then start that journey to making small changes to taking a more sustainable approach yeah i love that i think like for me absolutely um being environmentally sustainable is something that it sounds like such a huge topic Mm. and it's easy for a lot of people to kind of shy away from it and i think that i've heard a few discussions in my time where it's been like well the big businesses don't so why should we or well I'm too Mm -hmm. small to make a difference and I'm telling you listeners no you're not small business not a small impact it has ripple effects far reaching past what we do immediately but I think that when I was working in the corporate world there was a team who specifically dealt with social responsibility Mm. it's kind of one of the first times I came across that saying and social responsibility is effectively the responsibility a company has to make an impact a positive impact 
on people, planet, whatever else. So a lot of businesses will choose to do this through donating to charities or team days and community work. But as small business owners, and I'd love to know if you agree with this, I still feel like we have a social responsibility, even if you're just a one-man band, to do some form of impact in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, any any opportunity to kind of talk about the things that I've done recently. So, um, you know, supporting charities like One Tree Planted, mm-hmm. making a pledge uh, when every time I take on a new client or a new project, making a pledge to plant more trees, um, you know, integrating that into um, gifting that to your clients involves them in that process. So that's an educational side. I'm also completely paperless. I do everything digitally now that was a big step away from physical note taking so I use my iPad um, and my phone and um, I think I think there's a massive responsibility to and I, I don't like you said the social thing it doesn't have to be that you have to be a green thinking business you don't if that doesn't speak to you there's loads of other things that you can do to have social responsibility uh, for me you know I I love doing a beach cleanup day, want to do more of that side of things. I think as Koala grows, that side of, uh, of, of kind of the culture would be a really integral part. So, you know, taking on people that share those values with me, I think would be really, really important and wanting them to contribute to that um, with Koala and just doing more communicative projects mm-hmm. helping the environment just anything like that I'm definitely open to that and just when especially when we're growing a platform where people are following us yeah. and there are could be individuals uh, especially you know young people as well and other businesses just providing a place where people can come and get ideas mm-hmm. and um, learn about social issues and be inspired I think that's where we can contribute as well and, yeah absolutely and make a big impact I completely agree. And I think like this is not something that I tend to sit on the fence on. I think that as small businesses, we do have a responsibility and it is a responsibility to be mindful of our impact on the planet. As employees, we can only do so much when you're in a corporate world because it's kind of down to the way that the infrastructure is set up. But if there's something that you're passionate about, then I'm sure you could kind of petition to change things within the business. Mm. But exactly like you've said, I mean, I, I'm not paperless. I will say that I do an awful lot on my screen. I don't have a printer anymore, which is something, and I'd love to hear your thoughts around this as well, because as a print designer, I find it challenging Mm. to not have that kind of access to print that I used to have in the corporate world, because literally you'd be printing out I was part of a catalogue production team where we would do an over a 600 page catalogue so it would be spread so it'd be 300 A3 sheets that would be printed off for each amend cycle and sent out to like three or four different teams and that is a hell of a lot of paper yeah it bothers (laughs) me that though like I feel like so I agree with you completely. Like, well, I mean, years ago when I worked in an agency, a, a marketing design agency, every time that there was kind of something that was uh, created, it would be printed. So mm-hmm. you could check, you know, how's the 
how's it looking? Like, uh, it would go around, we'd have like round table discussions, like, you know, has anybody got any feedback, you know, early stages of that development and stuff. And, um, now the thought of it just makes me go, Oh, like it's just an unnecessary print. Like even to the point where, you know, like all my statements, like bank statements and things like that, I've gone completely like digital on those. Like I don't, I don't want paper around my other half. I'm always saying to him, you know, you've got to start going, paperless a bit more it's difficult some industries are just further behind with that and they don't necessarily they're not able to make that transition over to kind of going fully digital it's going to take a lot of time I think there I mean I whenever I do um because I get asked quite a bit so if I do a brochure for someone or something like that they'll say oh have you got a recommended printer and I do that I've worked with for years and they're brilliant, but I'll always say offer an alternative solution saying, you know, so this could be um, sending this as an electronic PDF where you can do that. Uh, If you do want to print, uh, maybe print small amount what's needed and maybe look at, um, you know, recycled paper or a more eco alternative. I mean, I probably maybe about, uh, a year and six months ago, very early on in the koala days. Um, uh, uh, it's, it's only a year and eight months old, this mm-hmm. koala, but I, I thought I'll get a really small amount of business cards made just in mm-hmm. case, like I think, it, you know, the, the, the minimum order quantity. But these are actually made from recycled cotton T-shirts. Oh, wow. So <laughs> they actually have a, a nice story behind them as well. Yeah. And it would be the only way that I could consciously print now I think would be to to do something that has a story and I can tell that story of you know and it it, but I would avoid that altogether and I think when I'm having conversations with clients now I'm always kind of saying ah you know do you need to print and really think about that because uh you know we are heading in a direction of a paperless world Uh, at least I, I really hope we do sooner rather than later I think we do I think that there are I mean if you're listening to this and you're like, that's just not realistic, there are alternatives as well. And I think that this is going to be something that we'll keep coming back to. It's not about doing everything. It's about doing something. Mm, Absolutely. Make a change. So if you're sat there and you're thinking, well, I need to have leaflets. There are some wonderful alternatives coming through like seeded paper. I am a big fan of seeded paper where it's actually got flower seeds mixed in with the paper pulp. Um, so instead of throwing it out or recycling it, you plant it in your garden and then you're giving back because it's good for, generally it'll be wildflowers. So it's good for bees and butterflies and kind of the good pollinators that are around. That's wonderful. And I think that that kind of thing is fantastic, but so inspiring as well. Like just hearing the background or that process, I'm like, oh, that's so amazing that, you know, there's so much wonder out there. I was, I actually was going to, um, I sort of mapped out a blog about how amazing mushrooms are the other day. Cause I was like, they're so amazing. Like as a vegetarian. So I eat a lot of corn, like meat substitute stuff. It's made from a fungus, um, <laughs> which is amazing, but also like mushrooms now are, you know, there's so many things that they're doing. They're integrating them into buildings so that these buildings breathe and move. And it's, you know, it can be, it can be quite a strong substance. Um, you can make materials out of it. I mean, God, like there's so many options out there, so much innovation yet to be explored where we can take eco approaches. Like if you want to have paper, like maybe, like you said, go for the, the seed 
approach and, yeah. and then it's got this lovely story behind it it's great for the environment as well you feel good about yourself using it yeah it's a no-brainer yeah absolutely and the other thing that we have both actually we both do is the one tree planted because yes. so one tree planted is a charity um i'll leave the links in the show notes if you guys want to go and check them out but um I was looking for a way because there is a certain amount of paper that, you know, I'm a print designer. There's a certain amount of paper that I will always use. That's something that I am comfortable with within my business. Um, but I still wanted a way to kind of, kind of compensate for the fact that I would be using a certain amount of paper or have done in the past to make up for the sins of corporate Tammy. <laughs> um, so one tree planted, you can donate, trees to various projects across the world to help fight both natural and um, like man, not man-made, man-caused, human impact of deforestation in areas across the world. So it covers wildfires as well as kind of industrial deforestation. Um, and both Kaylee and I, we, we pledge to donate uh, trees to be planted for every client. Is it every client that you do? I do... Project? Um, well, yeah, definitely the first client, first project with a new client. Yeah. But depending on the scale of projects, I yeah. probably will make donations as I go as well, just so yeah. I can keep that ball rolling. And I just find that it's not only is it a, and this is something else that I'm sure we'll touch on again, but not only is it a fantastic way as a business to give back, but also it's a fantastic way to educate because it is gifted to the client. So then you're raising awareness. So you're passing that on. Um, and being a huge animal lover that I am, being able to donate trees into like chimpanzee habitats mm. and orangutan habitats is something that just brings a smile to my face as well to know yeah. that I'm doing some good. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there's something that you are looking for, finding a charity that aligns with your values and finding a way of working it within your client experience. So not only is it being used as an educational tool, but it's also upholding your values. I think it's a really sustainable way to be sustainable. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So with yourself and your values, like your brand and your values is very much, you know, we've already said it's like green and ethical and very much sustainability focused. So would you say that your content is specifically curated to reflect that in everything that you do to try and educate or? Um, yes. Um, so a lot of it's educational. Um a kind of a part of so my values are around I guess the ethical and green and sustainability side but they're also about creating creativity yeah so I try and find a healthy balance of and sometimes the two go hand in hand you know by taking a sustainable approach by looking at sustainable options that are more innovative that can spur on creativity I find spending time in nature in out in the environment I'm more creative etc so for me it's like it's almost like a it's a loop of of those all my values kind of all speak to each other so yeah I guess a lot of of the content is uh educational but it's also what I want to do is I want to inspire and find and link up with like-minded people mm -hmm. um, I find that the journey of working with people who are like-minded I'm not saying they need to think exactly like you 
Um, but just having some shared interests, I find that the process of working together is a lot more seamless. It's a lot more enjoyable. And so it's partly sending the feelers out to say, this is me. This is how I think. This is what my business is built upon. How about you? Like, does this speak to you? And if so, maybe I'm the right marketing partner for you. Um, so it's probably a bit of a, a two-pronged approach, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, there are some reflections here with the episode that I recorded with Anita a few weeks ago, where we were talking about politics and business and how it can be difficult to find the spaces to have those conversations. And I don't think that um, sustainability is quite to the point where it's not a taboo subject. It's something that people do talk about, but I feel like there's almost a bit of apathy towards it still, where climate change there's so much in the media that just drives me blimmin' spare that it is that education side that's going to make a difference and Mm -hmm. for small business owners being able to step up even in a small way and go right I'm going to do this and you don't even have to tell anyone if you don't want to it's wonderful to share what you're doing so that others can learn and do that themselves but simple things like you've said about switching over to an iPad for note-taking instead of using a notebook. Um, I mean, that's an easy way to take a step that doesn't involve too much of a commitment. There's no financial commitment. Obviously, there's a financial commitment if you don't own an iPad. But (laughs) you know what I mean? If you've got an iPad, you may as well carry on. It's it's an investment, yeah. 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 But it is an investment in the future, not just of like not just of us as business owners but it is an investment into the future generations that we're going to have absolutely yeah we do you know that's back to the 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 social responsibility that we have isn't it like I just want to inspire other people to to make a small change I I often talk about that whether it's face-to-face discussions or in content because I never want to be that person who will guilt someone into making a change because I don't feel that their heart's in it and then, you know, there's no longevity there in that commitment. Instead, it's just about inspiring change. Mm. It's about saying, you can just start with something really small. Maybe just cut out meat one day a week. Mm. If you're a big meat eater, and I was a big meat eater, I used to eat meat all the time, loved it. (laughs) But for me, there's a bigger, for me, to, to give it up, it's like, it's not, you know, it's not going to affect me really. It's just, it's just the wanting. I can stop that. And it's making a bigger statement. So I, I knew, and I've had, I've had it all, all the conversations you can imagine with people about this, um, people thinking that I'm silly or, um, or, you know, just lots of different negative ideas around it, which I'm totally fine with. I'm comfortable having those discussions. If you'd like to know why I've done it, I'm not saying you need to do it. Um, Have you thought about this though? I'm happy having those conversations. And they would say, well, the the animals are still going to die anyway, whether you eat that chicken sandwich or not. But for me, it's about making a commitment and a statement in what I've done. And in that in itself, every conversation that I have off the back of it is educating. It's planting seeds of different ideas. And I think that in itself is great. And I think it, it is about supply and demand. It is about, you know, you, you doing it on your own. Yeah. Maybe you individually on a global scale, you don't make a massive impact, but if you tell 
50 people and two people stop and then they tell 50 people and two people stop or cut down or whatever the case may be, then that is great. You know, yeah. that's inspiring change. Yeah. And um, people making that decision on their own, I think, is a really key part. I don't think forcing people, I don't think ramming it down people's throats in a negative way. I don't think scaremongering. Yeah. I don't think any of those things. I think you can do it in a nicer, kinder, conversational, inspirational way. And yeah. so that's probably the approach that I would take. No, I completely agree. I mean, just for full clarity, I'm a metasaurus and probably will not be giving that up. I've already had to cut out <laughs> one food group of gluten because of my body. But oh, no. um, it's one of those things that similar to you, it's about leading by, it's almost leading by example and showing. So I'm going to combine two of the points that you've made into one glorious point, which is um, inspiring people with innovation. It's inspiring people to do things differently that they wouldn't have thought of. So I, um, if anyone follows me on Instagram over the summer, I love growing my own veggies. Mm. Like I, am, I would say I'm an avid gardener, but my green fingers were probably <laughs> not a great moment. But um, I love growing my own fruits and veggies, and that's something that has made my like mine and my other half, that's more sustainable because although, oh, you know, I didn't nip to the shop to go and grab a courgette, but that means I haven't used the car. I haven't helped contribute to the deliveries and everything else that's happening with it. And through that, I've managed to support other green Mm. and ethically focused businesses like Lazy Flora, where they actually provide outdoor plants that you can plant and we've grown from seeds and each year it's getting more sustainable because we use the seeds from the year before to plant again so you know it's just a small change and through doing that my mum now does it and my dad now does it who neither of which have been that green fingered and my nieces when they come round for dinner we go and pick food from the garden so one, they'll eat their veggies <laughs> and two, <laughs> like they're excited to then grow their own vegetable patch. So it's that whole combination of just you do your thing and share it with the world and the right people will then go, you know what? I've never considered doing that before, which is where you get the innovation change where they're like, I could do that too. That would make my life easier, better, happier, whatever. And you're making a positive impact. Definitely. And like you mentioned with, you know, with the little ones around, Mm -hmm. it makes that process fun. It shows them, you know, rather than going to a supermarket, picking your tomatoes, picking your courgettes, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, do you remember when we grew that? Like uh, Dan's mum's really good in the garden. We, we've grown our own veggies and stuff this year and yeah. we're not like, uh, Dan's better. Uh, I'm not the most green fingered person, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being outside with my hand in the dirt. And just that whole process of like, oh my God, it's growing. And oh, we've picked our first chilies off and we can put put them in, you know, a curry or whatever. And I just love that process. But I think that's where it's really important when you've got um, little ones around because you're showing them that process and then you're triggering that. It it isn't now, it's the generations below us that will suffer more. So I think it is about educating them and triggering that change in them and, and, and changing their way of thinking as they grow up and they'll then be, they'll com- think completely differently. And I think that's where that magic happens really. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is that, that we need to always keep in mind because just because it's always been done the way it always has doesn't mean that it can't be changed to something better. I mean, 
it baffles me that with all the technological advancements and everything that we've had over the years, there are still things that we are doing that are so archaic. Um, but I, one thing that I will touch on that I think you mentioned earlier as well, which was travel has been cut down hugely mm. because of COVID. But I think that from that, it's almost opened the doors to virtual meetings being more of a thing. Mm, So I never would have had uh, video calls in the past because it was something that I found very uncomfortable. But now it's like, this is just the norm. This is how I socialize. This is how I chat with my mum who lives, you know, 80 odd miles away. But we can actually have more interaction because of using technology that's been there. Whereas before I would have driven that way. And yeah, mm. I miss the hugs, but hey, we can't do that at the moment anyway. Damn apocalypse. But it's maybe more about balance. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, I don't think, to make a change. I think this is where people go wrong. They go, but I don't want to give up meat. Yeah. You haven't got to, but you yeah. can just, maybe just cut cut it out one day a week. Go <laughs> start there. Or maybe if you do all your, not now so much, but if you did all your meetings face-to-face, maybe just do a few virtually. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. forced our hands to to think more. And I think in being in more, consuming more media, it has driven more awareness of pressing topics like climate, like the climate emergency. And I think that's where people have grown more of their own vegetables and yeah. have, you know, our, our local um, fruit and veg shop, um, we, we buy most of our stuff from the supermarket that you need to buy from the supermarket, but then we um, get all our fruit and veg from a, a local fruit and veg shop and they're lovely. And um, I had a conversation with them the last time I was in there and I said, how, you, how have you guys been coping throughout lockdown? And he said, oh, do you know what? We've really struggled. We, we would have thought more people would have used us when we reopened and everything. Seen as there's so much more awareness around supporting small businesses and sustainability and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he said it's gone the other way. People have left us and they're now going to the big supermarkets to do all their shopping and get all their fruit and veg. So I'm really surprised by that. I really am because I would think it would have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe people have gone fully convenience during this. They're they're maybe thinking about if there's already enough going on, just want to go to one place, have the inconvenience of, you know, uh, and and the stress and and all that sort of stuff of going to one place rather than two, but yeah, it's really not a major thing, you know. For me, it's closer than my nearest big supermarket, so it's yeah. not out of my way. Yeah, uh, I think that it's almost like the lesson that we can learn is that um, COVID has forced us to be innovative in so many ways that we had never considered before. So there's no reason why we can't consider other ways of changing within our business so that it's not forced and it is a choice because mm-hmm. like you said it is that longevity and it feels like that example you've just given I'm hoping it's not going to be the norm where people have switched to one thing but then they almost overcompensate in the opposite direction when they have that choice again whereas in fact with businesses just because you can't go out to meetings or you haven't been able to over the last few months or whatever, going out to meetings face-to-face, does that then mean that now you're going to suddenly go out and do twice as many meetings and drive everywhere and everything else? Or like you said, can you just switch it up so that you still have some virtual meetings? Because that is automatically helping you be more sustainable. And from a business point of view, it makes better use of your time. Absolutely. You're not spending the money. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. If, you, if you're looking for another motivation to be more sustainable and the world isn't enough, then consider your personal impact, like the impact on your finances, the impact on your time. Because, and you know, your well-being. Like yeah, nobody wants to start the day sat in traffic. Like yeah. it just, it's not a good start to your day, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to commute for over an hour to work and oh, then like goodness. two to three hours back because of traffic. And it was just, it was awful. I don't, I, I don't want that. Like, no. <laughs> it's no good for anyone. But yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> suddenly having like um, flashbacks to being sad. Yeah, PTSD <laughs> from traffic jams. <laughs> blog posts because I couldn't stop working. <laughs> so bad. Um, cool. So we've talked a little bit around some examples of how we've been more environmentally conscious within our business and also about how kind of you can influence others are there any other small changes that we can think of that would help other business owners to be more sustainable so we've kind of covered consider going paperless or cutting Mm -hmm. down on your paper amount um cutting down on your travel um i would throw in as well reusable coffee cups get yourself a branded one oh absolutely yeah Yeah. (laughs) glass straws like this one nice i've got metal i'm too clumsy for glass (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, just, I guess, just cutting down on, on the amount of plastic that you're buying, um, mm. is, is a massive one. I mean, plastics in the ocean is just, wow. Oh, just, it just, it upsets me actually. You know, you think of all this, there's so many businesses out there that are doing things, innovative things with, um, plastic now though. Like I, I did, I uh, did a little, looked at some sustainable interior design brands recently for um aw spaces did a campaign for mind for the charity where they encourage people to create a mood board of their ideal workspace and um for me obviously green Mm -hmm. i went for a the fully green eco space and uh, i looked at all sustainable designers to fill my space with their um you know carpets and everything was from recycled materials and mm-hmm. actually just doing that it, I mean I didn't spend that long on it because I didn't have time but I thought I really want to contribute to this and make a donation and I did and uh but just doing a little bit of research into it, it just it makes me feel all excited and inspired by something that all these companies are doing to do their bit you know there was one where it was the old ship's like the old Navy ships, you know, they sort of took the metal off those and made chairs, you know, it'd be recycled, all the offcuts from having um, carpets installed and big office fit outs. They took all the offcuts and then they, um, you know, blended it all down. I don't know their exact process, but then they made um, carpets from the offcuts. And I was like, oh, so that's what I put in my workspace. And yeah, I just love all that. I think uh, for me, like, uh, so I mentioned, obviously my house is, is an eco house. Yeah. Um, that was a big selling point for us. We've got, um, solar panels, uh, a lot of our light bulbs, are all those eco ones that don't, yes. they're not very light, but, um, <laughs> they give us enough light, but they're, they're absolutely fine, uh, for us. Mm. Um, I'm also going to throw in, I have an electric blanket, which has been a savior because when, so back pre-apocalypse when my other half was still working in the office and I was working from home when it got cold in winter I didn't want to put the heating on for just me and the cats because 
it just felt like so much so much waste not just yeah. like waste of money as well and and everything else so um yeah an electric blanket honestly super low cost brilliant Absolutely. That is like good. So toasty. <laughs> in, in terms of that, I think just not using um, energy and water unnecessarily. So, yeah. you know, not overwashing clothes. So, for example, like if you're a business and you're looking to fit out, you're on a low budget and you're looking to fit out a business or your home office, buy secondhand furniture. Yeah. Uh, I think that, or, or, or even. Buy, buy it and do something with it create something new you know to yeah. create your own chair from an old pallet I don't know do something like that it's yeah. just, it gives you a warm fuzzy feeling every time you sit in that chair because you know you've created it and it's come from an old pallet that was going to go in the bin you know just I guess just ways of open your mind up and think about things like I you know I don't I used to years ago I worked in um Topshop when I was in college I worked there for like four years and I was like loved clothes then and I was like oh every time I got paid I'll buy new clothes you know (laughs) and um as I've got older I've just thought and probably more so in recently you know I just don't buy things I don't need now you know I'll wear them till they no, you know, till they fall apart almost, yeah. you know, or I've, I've, I've recently had a clear out and I gave two big bin liners of stuff, perfectly good stuff to, um, charity shop, mm-hmm. um, gifted some of it away to other people. Um, so I think just having that mindset, you know, I hate fast fashion. Um, actually but one of the episodes of, so season two of my podcast, um, mm-hmm. is all about exploring wider topics. So, uh, season one was all about talking to other, um, sort of creatives within the marketing world. So I sort of went safety net with it and thought I'll talk about what I know. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. And I uh, obviously had your lovely self on there and did a wonderful episode with you and lots of other gorgeous, creative people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was like, season two has got to be more I've got to go more the values thing for me because I think that's a massive part of my brand and who I am now. And I think, so I've looked at, I'm exploring kind of wider topics around sustainability and wellbeing and creativity because that's, they're all parts of my business values. And uh, I've had, I've got, I've, I've recorded two episodes. I've got four in the pipelines and they are amazing. And uh, the first episode is an amazing couple of guys from Mexico that have created a vegan leather out of cactus juice and I had the most wonderful conversation and they're just so innovative and they've worked on this for years and years and you know they're in talks with um some uh big global car manufacturers that are obviously doing a lot of the green and eco cars now electric cars and that's obviously a big trend moving forward and uh, they're in talks with them about having this vegan leather in these cars and so they'll be almost like a fully you know sustainable vehicle and uh, so I think just opening your mind up to looking at you know do I need to buy that real leather jacket or can I get, can I pay a little bit more maybe and get something that's made from cactus juice? I don't know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> so yeah, th- there's lots of ways that businesses can be sustainable. But I think my advice there is start at home. Start think because that's really going to be where your mindset changes. Think about your family, how as a family you can be a more sustainable family and then trickle that into your business rather than 
trying to just be a sustainable business, I think it it does start with small lifestyle changes and then it you, you just that in in time changes your mindset. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that one of the points that I wanted to talk about briefly was the fact that I have found the more sustainable and the more environmentally conscious I am with the decisions that I'm making, the more my mental health has been positively affected by those specific decisions. That is very interesting. So things like choosing to grow my own vegetables has meant that I've spent more time outside, which has meant Mm -hmm. that I've actually got a bit more of my vitamin D that I hide away from. (laughs) So not only has it chemically been improving my body, but also I've been spending more time outside. I've been spending more time with my other half away from social media apart from taking photos for Instagram stories because obviously (laughs) that has been something that I have found has really helped it's been a a choice that has been made from necessity and also sustainability being sustainably focused but has then influenced others is impacted my mental health in a positive way and I feel like when you know that you're making a decision and doing something good, it does give you a little dump of those feel-good chemicals. So, mm, you know, it does. It, it really does. And I've made a note that, so one of the things that I would always recommend is if you do decide to get things printed, look into the source of the paper of where it's coming from and always look for either FSC or recycled. Um, but generally FSC certified paper means that it's from a, it's being, um, taken from a sustainable uh, source. So the trees that are cut down to create that paper are replanted. And sometimes FSC is actually more uh, environmentally friendly than recycled paper because the, what is it, the carbon footprint and the the carbon chemical process as well, probably in dyeing. To remove the ink and remove the paper and everything else can actually be higher than just using FSC paper. So yeah, just be conscious of where you're sourcing your materials from as well. That's something that you can do that wouldn't take you any more time as a business owner, but could have that positive impact that you're looking for. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And I I can probably add a a bit on that because, um, so I, I think it's really important to look at into where things come from because a lot of people, if let's take bamboo, right? bamboo to a lot of people who probably don't know this they probably think oh it's a really sustainable fabric you know if you want to start buying bamboo i i did it i bought um some bamboo leggings and a um like a vest top to do yoga in Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i started having more conversations with people um a sustainability factory that i went to visit and um some other people that are in you know that that are in the green world the green bubble that that actually said to me although it's a very fast growing um plant and you know in that sense it's really sustainable it's actually the chemical process behind it in making a fabric out of it is so so bad for the environment that in fact it is not sustainable and so therefore that was for me that was the end of that journey with bamboo clothing but it markets itself to be this amazing sustainable choice um and so you're exactly right i think taking the time to really look into the background of where things come from you know what accreditations does it have behind it that support that process and and everything else and and the carbon footprint is massive you know that's something i think we can all be more aware of than um 
you know, really make sure that if you're taking sustainable approaches that they are sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that that's something that it translates quite well into ways of working, which is another thing that you can have a look at to review when you're trying to be more sustainable, more environmentally focused. So um, if you have a look at your customer journey and map it all out, which if you haven't done, I highly recommend as an exercise to do, have a look and see if there are any key points where you can change things up and look at the processes behind it. So for example, if you are the type of business who sends out welcome packs, is there a way that you can support more sustainably focused businesses within those welcome packs that you send out to your clients? Can you um, use a com- use a program like uh, is it Hello Sign or Adobe PDFs to virtually sign contracts instead of getting? Yeah, them to that's what I do. Yeah, me yeah. too. So all of these different things. Have a look at your customer experience as a whole, or even your onboarding and your offboarding process. And have a look at where you have the opportunity to potentially streamline or be more sustainable. And exactly as you were saying, Kaylee, it's like, it's not just the end result, it's the process to get there. So, you know, is there a way that is more efficient, but still would have a positive impact instead of a negative one? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just out of curiosity, because I've made a note to ask you off off air, but I may as well ask you while you're here. For your iPad, what note, what app do you use to take notes? Um, just literally the note. Just app. the notes on there. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and uh, and because it's all synced to my laptop and my phone, mm-hmm. and because I've got a pen as well yeah. on the iPad. Um, then if I need to just access my notes on my phone, if I'm sat downstairs, my iPad's upstairs, and it's convenient. Or if I'm mapping out a blog or something. I'm working on my iPad then I know when I come to my laptop in the office Mm -hmm. it's all there for me so it's really nice seamless integration the the other thing that I would say is I am a so I write very much like I talk and sometimes I can't write fast enough for the words that are coming out of my mouth so I also (laughs) dictate to my phone so if you open up I've got an Android but if you open up um an Android phone, not just an Android. Uh, If you open up the notes app or if you open up Gmail and start a new message, you can actually hit the little microphone button at the bottom and it will do dictate your words to um, text. So it will type out what you're saying. Yes. Um, I did that recently, actually. I can't remember what app I did on the iPad. There are paid for um, apps and things that you can get. I think there are free apps as well. I think you can yeah. do that on the notes app, actually. I think it was on the notes app. You can yeah. just talk and it just types it. But I, I I write, no one else would be able to read my notes because they are, they're sh- I write in shorthand, but it's also, it's like literally a squiggle, but I can read it because obviously, but it's, it, it is terrible. Like my, if, if I write neatly, yeah. it takes me ages. So I like it to actually have really nice, you know, handwriting uh, and I just don't have time for that. So I'm just literally like that, (laughs) squiggling. And uh, yeah, it's my only way, but that's the only way I can write as quick as I think. Yeah, I always find, and I'm sure that other people get this as well, like I'll have ideas in places where it's just not convenient to write things down. Like I tend to watch a lot of webinars in the bath and trying to dictate notes is much easier than trying to write something. Um, yeah. Although I do have a set of bath crayons as well that my mum, well, my mum bought me a set of bath crayons. 
when I was at uni my mum bought me a set of bath crayons which are literally crayons that you can use on tiles in bathrooms that will wash off again and they're great for writing notes so highly recommend those (laughs) I write a lot Mm. of things in the bath just but on my phone I'm always like really conscious I can't drop it anymore really but I just always have like I don't know whether it's like being immersed in water because I also feel inspired when I'm swimming. I know it might sound really, really odd. Um, part of the that's um, the self audit thing was um, thinking about the kind of where that inspiration happens and like yeah, for me a little bit it is in the bath. Like I'm always like oh I've got an idea for something and I just like I just I don't write the whole thing but I just like map it out and sometimes I never go back to it or. Sometimes it can be the thought. I think that um, for me, it's anywhere (laughs) where it's not convenient to write it down. So you have to try and keep that thought in your mind. Um, So, yeah, I think that that probably reflects what you said about being immersed in water because it's just not convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very Awesome. (laughs) Well, I think that we have covered a whole host of ideas there on how you can be more sustainable in business. But I think kind of to sum up everything that we've said, business, um, particularly when you're a personal brand and self-employed, your business and your life very much blend together. And I think that one of the easiest ways to start being more sustainable in your business is to start making those changes at home, like you said, Kaylee. So have a look at your life, have have a look at your life, have a look at your life, have a look at your business. and just, Just try and identify areas where you may be able to make those changes with minimal impact to the way that you do things, except for maybe thinking about it slightly differently. So I'm going to leave that note with you listeners to have a little ponder about. Um, so any last words from you on this episode, Katie? Is there one particular step that you would really want to highlight for people to be more sustainable? No, just probably just to recap on, um, I would probably, in order for something to really stick, I would say um, start with something small and manageable and then build on that. So if you are a big beet eater and you think you can manage skipping one day a week without it, it's a good start. Don't feel that, oh, that's not enough. Also, don't feel too overwhelmed by being more sustainable it, you're not in competition with anybody else you're not being judged it's completely your journey and you should own it and keep it and not have to explain yourself to anybody if you don't want to if you want to have those discussions then do um but yeah just um start with something more manageable and and really commit to that and um build from there really and if you um yeah no, sorry just a uh, probably but um I was just going to say that if you do want to kind of hear some really innovative sustainable people then season two of the creative genius not podcast so my podcast um will be exploring those topics so um if you want to hear the experts that are really nailing it and killing it in in the sustainability arena then yeah absolutely um what I'll do then is I won't ask you where to, where the listeners can find you because we've covered that off um <laughs> what I'll do listeners is I will pop all of the links in the show notes so you can find Kaylee's social channels her website and her podcast which is brilliant I would definitely recommend giving that a little subscribe 
have a listen. Um, And then come back here on Thursday when Kaylee will be sharing her brand story and business journey with us so you can hear more about how she's developed her brand to be an ethical and sustainable business. Um, And until then, I hope that you have found this episode helpful and insightful. And as always, the link's in the show notes. I'd love to continue this conversation and hear your views over in our Facebook community. So I will see you all over in the Brand Lounge.